All right, good morning, everybody. So we have a big weekend coming up next week, right? Who's looking forward to it? All right. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Um, so we're, we're, we took three weeks to prepare for this coming weekend and the meetings that are coming. I want you guys, for those that have missed it or those that are kind of joining us kind of fresh, if you've missed the previous two sermons, please go back and listen to them. Uh, Rich really lays out, like, wh- why do we do presbytery? What is the purpose of presbytery? The heart of presbytery? Why? Uh, I've never heard these things before. If you ha- haven't heard these things, go back, listen to the previous two sermons from last week and the week before. Rich lays out uh, kind of the foundations of this is the heart of God. This is why we do it. This is why we do it as a church, why we do it as a church family. And I'm going to wrap it up today. Um, but uh, the foundations of why we're doing these, this ministry and the purpose and the heart of why we're, we're, we have these meetings um, is, is really found in the previous two sermons. And so go online, go on our YouTube, go on our podcast. Um, I found out that we have a podcast still. Uh, which is good. I, I was in staff meeting the other day, and I found out that Spotify has podcasts. I thought podcast was just an app on my phone, and so I only listen to podcasts through Apple, and I found, oh, Spotify actually has these things, and my staff is like, we need to get our, our podcast on, uh, on Spotify. I'm just like, what? That's a thing. But anyways, I'm starting to get older and older. My staff is just laughing at me. Carol informs me. I found out that there's something called Google Scholar. Blew my mind. I was just like, where was this when I was doing my master's degree? Articles, everything. Oh, incredible. Anyways, we're talking about presbytery today, not about Google Scholar. Um, This is not sponsored. Let's go into prayers retreat. If I was to be honest with you, if you asked me when I was, before I came to Five Stones, as I was growing up, when I went through seminary, and you told me about prayers retreat, I would be honest with you, and I would have to say that this is a little bit of a mystical mystery. And this is something in... If we haven't experienced before, there's, a, there's often a lot of fear and skepticism around it. However, the truth is this, is that as a church, we, we, we don't talk about prophetic ministry enough, but the prophetic ministry is clear throughout all of Scripture. Prophetic ministry is a primary way in which God uses to encourage people, to teach people, to warn people, to equip people, and to build up people. The prophetic voice was loud in the Old Testament. It was how God revealed and instructed and led his people. It was a prophetic call that Abraham started a nation. It was a prophetic voice that Moses and Aaron led a nation through the desert and into the promised land. It was a prophetic voice that spoke and motivated Noah a voice that called Nineveh into repentance through Jonah. The Old Testament stories are led by prophets like Samuel, Daniel, Ezra, uh, Nehemiah, giving instructions to rebuild, prophets like Jeremiah who gave hope and encouragement. God speaks through the prophets of the Old Testament and gives us the office 
of the prophets in the New Testament. The prophetic is powerful and is a gift that represents God's heart to encourage, to equip, and to exhort the church. It is also important for me to point out that as we look at the prophetic, the prophetic is always anchored in biblical truth and is always surrounded by community that keeps us accountable to these principles. The prophetic is the expression of God's love for his people. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says this. Follow the way of love. Love. That's where all of this is grounded in. That's what the prophetic ministry is grounded in, love. The purpose is love, that God is love and God's heart for you is that he wants to show how much he loves you. That's where prophecy flows out of. And then it says, and eagerly desire the gifts, especially prophecy. So for us to exercise these gifts, especially with prophecy, also is grounded and founded in what? In love. It is the expression of God's love for us. For, so for us to exercise the gifts of prophecy, and when we do the presbytery, it is all out of a place of love. Verse 2 continues, For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people, to the church, for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. What is it for? It's to strengthen the church, to encourage the church, and to comfort the church. It is meant for affirmation and confirmation. It's not to point out sin or weakness, but to seek the Lord to help them in their time of weakness and sin. But most importantly, it's about feeling loved by Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Father, as we come before you today, help us to have open hearts and open minds to the things of heaven. We ask for your Holy Spirit to bring confirmation, to break down barriers and break down fear. We seek after your heart to encourage the church. God, we know you're sovereign and we give you all our worship. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. There's a story in there that I want to kind of go through and draw out a couple points. But it is a story that some of us are familiar with. It's 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 to 16 is where we're going to go. And I want to draw a couple things from this story. But just before we go into the scripture, a little background of what's happening before in, in the context of the scripture. King Ahab was king of Israel at the time. And faith and worship in God was almost non-existent, right? They were worshiping Baals. Uh, the state of unbelief was at an all-time high. Kind of feels like our days today, right? So through Elijah, God told Israel there'll be three years of drought over the land. You know, so drought means that there's no water coming through. There's no rain coming through Israel. Drought also brings famine, right? Nothing grows, right? Nothing grows, animals are dying, everything just eventually dies. So three years of drought means 
three years of famine, people are dying, people are starving, and this famine is beginning to ravage the land, and this is where we pick up the story. Verse 8, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Seraphath in the region of Sidon and, take, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Seraphath, where he came to the town's gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replies, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amazing story, right? Amazing story where Elijah was called to go and, and, and seek out this widow in Zarephath. Zarephath is in, in Sidon. Sidon is in Gentile country. This is not where the Israelites are. Elijah is on the run because Ahab wants to kill him. Ahab wants to take him down. So God says, go to this woman, this widow. There's, at that time, there was many widows because people were dying. The famine was ravaging the land. People were just starving. It was, it was a desolate time. And so Elijah was told by God to go, and there's a widow that's going to provide for you. Okay, so first, this woman is a Gentile. That in itself is already a big deal, right? Because Elijah is a prophet of Israel. Israelites and Gentiles don't mix. Second of all, she's a widow. If you know widows in those times, why do we, we say we need to take care of widows and orphans? Because widows had no place. They had no position in life. When they were widowed, nobody took care of them. They were the poorest of the poor. They were the, the outcasts of society. They had, uh, oftentimes, widows would, would have to beg and plead for, for food and for money to, to survive. And so there's already a couple things where God was doing that said, you need to go to find this widow, and this widow will provide for you, right? So a couple things there. We knew, literally, this widow is on her last leg, right? She was collecting sticks, there's no plants growing. This is literally just whatever dead trees that are left over. Collecting sticks because she was ready to cook her last meal for her and her son and then she knew that they were going to starve to death. She knew that that's it. This is it. We're done. Like imagine that place to be. Right? Making your last meal. Saying this is, this is it. After this, nothing. We're just going to die. So what do we learn from this interaction between Elijah and the widow? 
One is that it took a willing heart for both Elijah and the widow. That when your heart is willing, God is ready to come into a place and show you who he is. That God is always willing to come into a space so that his provision and his transformation and his power could step into a place where you feel like there are no more options. But one of the things that is required in that moment and in that place is that both Elijah had to, be, had to have that, that heart that was willing to say, God, this is what you've called me to do. And as the widow saw Elijah, remember the widow, she, didn't see, she doesn't hear from God. She doesn't have that faith. She doesn't have that relationship with God. But upon seeing Elijah and Elijah coming into the place saying, I need you to take the last that you have and make me bread. That required a step of faith. She could have refused, right? She could have said, you're kidding me. This is my last. This is the last of the last that I have. I can't give it to you. She could have said that. But she willingly heard this man saying, make me some bread and, the God, and my God will provide for you. She needed to open up her heart to say, okay, I trust that there is something here, right? To come to that place and say, God, I'm going to open myself up to you and allow you to come into the space where I am desolate, where I have nothing left, where I am poor in spirit, where I'm poor in physicality, where I'm poor in everything, and say, God, I'm just going to trust in you in this moment. That takes a willing heart. It takes us, it, it, take, it, it took her to come to a place of saying yes to God, yes to Elijah, yes to this man that claims that he is a, a man of God. So what did Elijah do? Elijah prophesied over her. Elijah said that if you do this, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain. One of the things that happens when we are willing and when we open up our heart and allow God to step into a place is that God's blessing doesn't just fill, it runs over. That when we receive, there's often an overflow that happens. That when we receive, often it's more than what we need and more than what we anticipate. But one of the things that the widow needed to do to come into that place of obedience, to bake that bread for Elijah first and then for herself, was that she needed to put away fear. This woman was already stretched to her limits. Death is knocking on the door. There's literally nothing left. There's a lot to fear there. But she needed to put away her fear so that faith could come in. Oftentimes, we as believers, we as Christians, we as followers of Jesus, we allow our fear to be bigger than our faith. 
Elijah spoke a word from God that gave hope and faith to this widow. When God came to her, her life became transformed and changed. She didn't allow her circumstances to determine her future. What was spoken gave life into her situation, literal life. Sustenance that could continue to give her life. But oftentimes, we get into this place of fear and we allow our fear to overcome the place where faith needs to happen. Church, this is not just for presbytery, but this is actually for our personal walk with Jesus. That in so many ways, when we walk with Jesus, that we know the things that are in front of us, we see the things that are in front of us, we experience the things that are in front of us, and we get into these places where we don't even know that we have, we've allowed fear to creep in. And when fear creeps in, fear wipes away faith. And so church, that is something I want you guys to take home, is that Look at the places in your life where there are fears, where there are things that are holding you back to step into this fullness of God, to step into what God has for you, to step into what God wants you to, to, to experience. So for those that are sitting here on the fringes, I get it. I was in that exact same place when I first came to Five Stones. I was a fresh graduate student Seminary student, thought I knew everything, right? Arrogant seminary student in my early 20s. I knew all the theological things, everything except for prophecy because I went to a cessationist school. They didn't teach me anything about the Holy Spirit. They just said it exists, boom, figure it out yourself. Came to Five Stones because a friend invited me. Um, and they had something called the presbytery. I was like, oh, what the heck is this? This doesn't exist, this is a joke. This isn't, this isn't biblical. Came to the church, was invited. Well, actually, so I, I filled out one of the connect cards and Rich reached out to me and it's like, hey, you wanna go for coffee? I said, okay, let's go for coffee. Talked to Rich. Asked him a couple of questions, like, what is this presbytery thing? He's like, you know what, just come check it out. I was like, hmm, I'm not sure I believe in prophets. <laughs> prophets in the Old Testament, there's no prophets in the New Testament. But I was like, okay, I'll come check it out. So I came, at that time we were meeting at Douglas College. Our meetings were really small still. It was still a very new church. Uh, the three guys that were there, actually two of them are coming this time, Stu, Clem, and Keith. And I remember walking into that little classroom at Douglas College and finding the closest chair to the door. Because I was just like, if anything is weird here, I'm bolting, I'm going. Like, these are those crazy charismatic Christians? No, not for me. Sat down. Uh, I got to know the worship leader at the time, Dave, and he saw me, he's just like, hey, come play the jambi for me. I was just like, I don't really want to because I want to leave. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure this is for me. Anyways, Dave is very convincing. I went up, started playing with him. Didn't think of much. There was one seating before me. They were talking. I didn't know anybody in the church at that time. I knew Rich, 
because of one meeting, and I knew Dave because Dave and I, we found out we we're both new to the city, let's go hang out. And everything that was spoken over that person, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. They were crying, all that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, that's cool. Nothing kind of weird. I was just like, oh, he was moved, they were touched. <laughs> Great. And then Rich comes over to me, and she's like, they want you to go up. I'm just like, what, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's a mistake. Nobody knows me here. Like, I'm just visiting. Got up there, sat there. Three guys spoke over me. Nothing made sense. <laughs> Absolutely zero. But one thing kept me captivated was I felt known and I felt loved. Nobody in the room knew me. They didn't know who I was, but the prophets drew out characteristics of who I was, and I felt seen. I'm like, these guys don't know. I mean, even Rich doesn't know me, but I felt seen. I felt known, and I felt God's love there. And then they go on to say that you're going to be working with the youth of this church. You're going to be going to do all these other things with this church. And I'm just like, I'm not even a member of this church. <laughs> What are you talking about? And so I was like, okay, nothing made sense, but I felt seen, I felt known. So Rich gave me a cassette tape, <laughs> because back then we weren't recording on GarageBand, we were recording on cassette tapes. Um, He's like, this is your word. I was like, it's on a cassette. I don't even have a cassette player. I had to hunt for a cassette player. But I took that cassette player. I went and talked to my friend who brought me to this church. Her name's Hingzi. Some of you guys know her. And she's like, I got this cassette tape. What do I do with it? She's like, transcribe it. So I transcribed it. And, uh, and then Richard is like, if you want to meet up to talk through this word, come meet up with me. So I emailed Rich. I said, okay, I'm going to come talk to you about this. And Rich sat down with me and I said, these things make sense because they're about who I am. But the rest of this makes no sense because I don't even want to be a pastor. And everything in this word talks about going to become a pastor of this church and to work with the youth of this church and to work, there was like working in international missions. There's all these other things. I was just like, and there's a thing about boy band that still I don't really <laughs> get. It has to be like an old man's band now by this time. <laughs> so I sat with Rich and Rich is like, well, this is what God has for you. If it doesn't make sense, that's okay. But just walk out what the parts that, that, that touches your heart and moves you. What this word did for me wasn't that it led me into ministry. What this word did for me, it led me to chase after God. Because of the fact that the words that were spoken over me about who I was and that confirmation of feeling seen, I'm just like, there is something that is more powerful in these words than I know. I may not understand all the other things that were spoken over me, but I just knew 
that God saw me in that moment. And that intrigued me, and that got me into this place of studying everything else about prophecies that I've never learned about throughout my entire seminary degree. What, led, what this led to was a transformation in terms of how I actually saw God. It changed my entire theology. It changed the way that I, I interacted with Scripture. It changed the way that I, I prayed. It changed the way that I interact with people. It changed the way that I pastored. And unbeknownst to me, I actually took that word and I just said, I'm not going to chase after it because it doesn't make sense. But I chased after God. And I remember three years later, as I was rereading my word, 80% came to pass because I was already, <laughs> I was pastoring the youth in this church. <laughs> Still doesn't make sense to me because I hated youth. <laughs> but I loved my youth in this church. I mean, you guys are not youth anymore. You guys are all young adults now. Um, but things happened. And my journey with God continued to grow. And my journey with God continued to happen. And that's what this, this presbytery is about. It's about God captivating you and drawing you to a place to know his heart and what he has for you. It's not about fortune telling. It's not about telling you like this is what's going to happen to you. It's none of that. It's about God saying this is my heart for you. This is what I have for you, that I see you. I see you in your desperateness. I see you, and I know you. God saw the widow. He knew what the widow needed, and God provided in a, in a place for that. It increased her faith. It, increased, it brought her to a place of legacy. Jesus even speaks and refers to this, this story in his ministry to talk about faith that her faith became a legacy for, for, for her generations and for the Gentiles. That there is this idea for us that it transforms the way that we interact with God. I know that those that... Have, for those that have been with us, really is anticipating this meeting because you guys have experienced it and know it. Then there are those of us that are kind of sitting on the edge, sitting on the fringe, not knowing how to take this. My encouragement for you is this. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this, encourage one another and build one another up. As a pastor, I want us as a church to step into this coming weekend with this in mind. That this weekend is about us as a church family. It's not about whether we get called up. It's not about whether we get to receive a presbytery. It's not even about you receiving a word. It's about us as a church family coming together and sitting under the voice in the heart of God. That's what it's about. I'm going to call Liz up and she's going to give a, a testimony. And then after she gives her testimony, I'm going to wrap things up here. Hi again. Um, I'm starting to like it up here. You might never get rid of me. Um, <laughs> so I was talking with John because I was really touched um, six years ago now by the presbytery that we had. 
Um, I grew up in charismatic churches and believed in prophecy, but I've never been to a church that does a, a very intentional Presbytery weekend like we do. And so um, six years ago, we had a team coming, and um, I'd gotten a word two years prior and was very happy with it, and, and lots of people want words, and I was like, God, I'm cool, I'm fine. Like, you know, speak to other people, it's all good. And so I was very at peace with that, right? And then um, Rich did a series of sermons leading up, talking just like we're doing now, talking about Presbytery and how it works and all of that. And one of the things that really stuck with me that I'd never heard before was that there's an overflow, right? That this is a community thing. We want to be here, even if you don't get a word, to support the people who are getting words, to be in agreement with them, to even know what to pray for for them. But also that even if you're not the person on the stage that's receiving the word, that God can still speak that word to you. And I'd never heard that before. So I was like, oh, OK. So I, we did a whole weekend, same thing. And I came to every night, and it was so powerful. Like Just being here to witness it and to be in agreement with it was so powerful. And throughout the entire weekend, anytime I heard something that I usually got emotional about, or, um, or that I felt really touched me, or that I was like, I want that, I wrote it down. So I have in my notebook pages of things from other people's words, just single lines of things. And I just wrote them down. And then in the months after that, every time I thought of it, I'd just go and look at them and pray over them. And some of them, I was just like, oh, that sounds neat. And it was, you know, when I prayed about it afterwards, I was like, that just sounds neat. I don't know if that's for me. But so many of them were things that actually, I was like, no, God was speaking that to me. And then in 2019, I got a word and when I look back at, I've had three words now, and I, when I look here at the church, and when I look back, they're all connected, and in between is that year where I just wrote stuff down, and I can see how they are following up on things from my previous word, and then they're leading into things from, to my next word. Like, God was speaking to me through that, and it, it's so powerful. So I just wanted to encourage you, if you're thinking of coming and you're not sure what's going to happen, right? We have this huge list of people who've signed up for a word, which is amazing. Or, you know, unless a miracle happens, we're not going to be able to get to everybody. But God still has things to say to you, whether you're on the stage or not. And there are things that can really touch your life. The other thing I wanted to say is that my very first year here, the guys came. And they were going through the cell groups that year. And it was in the fall, I think. Yeah. And so I'd started coming in the spring. And I hadn't joined the cell group yet. And Alex was like, oh, we got these guys coming. And they're going to do prophecy. And like Ben's joining. It's going to be great. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds really neat. And I had just gotten back into going to church that year. I'd walked away from God for a few years. So I was like a little hesitant. And like I've never done this before this way. And so I was like a little, oh, I don't know. And um, the day came for the meeting. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It feels weird. So I didn't go. And then I heard all the stories afterwards of everybody talking about the words that Ben had given everybody. And I was like, oh, I probably should have gone. So I just wanted to encourage you. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen this week that can make you think maybe I shouldn't go, right? And like, you don't have to come. People have schedules. Like, it's, you know, that's just reality. But if you're kind of on the fence, don't let something that happens this week push you to not come if you're supposed to be here. Right? Like, God has a plan for every single person that's going to be here this weekend. And I just really encourage you 
if you feel like you should come, come. Don't hesitate because you'll, you'll, get, you'll get so encouraged by just being here, even if you don't get called up. You don't need that. Thanks, Liz. This weekend is about church. It's not about me. It's not about I. It's not about whether I'm going to get a, a, a seat on the stage this weekend. It's about the church. It's about our family. And as Liz said, that as words are being spoken, the words are, are, are yes, for the individual. But it's for the church because that individual is part of this family. Right? So my encouragement for you is come. Come for the weekend, whether you signed up for a seat or not. Come and hear what God has to speak over your brothers and sisters. Come and hear what God has to speak over your, fa- your, your, your friends and your family. Come and be with your, your friends and your family. Sit together, for those who are in cell groups, sit together with your cell group. Because if someone gets called up from your cell group, it's one of those things where you're like, God's gonna pour into that person and I know that person and I know that God has all these great things spoken over them. And it's a time of encouragement for the entirety of the church. Not just for yourself, but for the entirety of the church. It's for us to encourage one another and to build each other up. As a pastor, my heart is for us collectively. I want you guys to come to celebrate with each other, to talk through the the, the words that your friends have received. Maybe that word, like Liz said, that that actually was for me too. It wasn't just for, for, for her. Because sometimes when the prophet speaks, it's for your generation. It's for your entire generation. It's not just for the individual, but it's for your demographic. And that you could hold on to that and say, God, that was for me. That I agree with that and that I need that. So I want to encourage you guys this, to come out. I want to encourage you guys to come and sit, to come and enjoy, to come and laugh, to cry with each other. It's a great time for those that have experienced it. I know why you guys are excited for it, right? Because you're just like, man, this is, this is so much fun. But one of the reasons why we do this and the big reason of why we need to do this it's because as a church, we need to step boldly into a new season of reformation so that we can positively influence our community, our families, the places that we're placed, and to be a part of this course of history. Right? That's why we're doing this. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you have brought us together as five stones as a family. And we just ask for your heart to prepare our hearts for this coming weekend. We ask that we ask that we stand into a place where we seek 
for your reformation to, to, to happen. So Lord, move us as a family, move us as a church, and move us closer to who you are. Allow us to see your heart for the places that we're placed in. And Lord, prepare us for what's to come. Proud this in Jesus' name. Amen. John just made some remarks about how he wanted to encourage all of us to come out and hear what the what the Lord has on his heart for five stones and uh, for you. And as I read scripture, it tells me that uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, let all things be done in a way that builds people up. That builds people up. And then goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 it says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others carefully evaluate what was said. And as I think about what John just mentioned in his message, I think this is an invitation as well to come and evaluate, come and weigh what God has to say to us, to you. So it's an opportunity for us to really hear what the Lord has to say. And as I read scripture furthermore, it says here, Rejoice always in First Corinthians, I mean First Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Then it goes on to say this, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies, with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So to those of us who are feeling a little not too sure about if I should come or I should not come or whatever it is, think about these words from, from the New Testament. It isn't just New Testament. New Testament church. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Evaluate, right? Hold on to what is good, but reject all that is evil. So today, I invite you just to think about what John, Pastor John here has uh, invited us to, is to really come to a time where even if you have not registered for a word uh, to be spoken over you, just come and evaluate, come and see, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and see, come and experience uh, this will be my first time, <laughs> but God, I, I believe God is good, God is love, God will want to speak to all of us, and He would, would really love for us all to evaluate, to really weigh what the Spirit of God has to say, but also it tells us the freedom to reject all that is evil, everything that is not of the Lord. So if you feel that God is going to speak to you, come with an expectant heart, Come with a sense of, of uh, well, all those of you who are new, say, come with an expectant heart and, and, and come and evaluate, come and test it out. Come and join in with God's people. And, he, and those of you who have uh, known each other here, you say, isn't this an awesome church? Isn't this a great place to be? Isn't this a, well, there's something else that's going to be awesome, which is having God speak 
over you and having God to speak over five stones. And so I want you to come with an expectant heart, come with joy, come with rejoice always, come with prayerful hearts, come with uh, thankful hearts, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Come and experience God in a, perhaps for some of you in a, in a fresh way and uh, in a way that would speak to your needs, in a way that would speak to the needs of our church, and uh, in a way that will build us all up, you know, build us all up to encourage us. So be there to, uh, to uh, experience what the Lord has to say. Let us pray. Father God, <coughs> thank you for uh, these words of encouragement from your scripture, from your very own uh, words. Thank you for inspiring those words. Thank you for the fact that you have poured out your spirit upon, upon your, your New Testament church, upon young men and old men, upon your daughters, upon everyone, so that they could prophesy, so they could speak a word of encouragement. And so I pray for your Holy Spirit to, to speak words that will build up five stones, that will build up your people here. Speak words that would, uh, that would encourage hearts, hearts that are flagging, perhaps hearts that are been over, overwrought with uh, all kinds of worry and, and uh, issues and, and uh, not, not knowing where to stand, that God, that you would speak words that would, that would build up, that would encourage, that they could hang on to. And I know that I've, I have words that have spoken over me before and, and those words kept encouraging me even through the most difficult times. At that time, I didn't even know there was a spirit of prophecy, but it was. And that's why it, it's so amazing to know that uh, God, you, in your creative word, you would speak words that will, that will bring life. And I know that you will bring life to this congregation because they trust you. They trust you in you, O oh Lord, and not leaning on their own ways, but in all their ways, they will acknowledge you and you will show them the way, you will show them the paths, the right path. So Jesus, we give you uh, this weekend's uh, presbytery. It's just a meeting of elders, it's just people praying over us. And, uh, and I pray that those elders would speak words that would truly build up, that would truly make a difference in, uh, in the lives of your people here. So God, thank you again for your love, that you want to speak, that you're, you're, not, you're not content to keep quiet, but you want to speak, that you want to build into us and build us up. And I pray for your encouragement to just fill us and fill this church. So Jesus, I ask that, that you give us open hearts, open minds, but also hearts that would be able to weigh, that we're able to uh, evaluate what has been said. Because your scripture invites us to do that, to evaluate, to test it out. So Jesus, we ask that you give us this new spirit of, 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 of just inquiring after you. And, uh, and may God, may you bless us. So now may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord just give you much, much peace in, in, as you go out with all the joy in your heart, knowing that God loves you and God is for you. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.